hands, their faces lean and hard in the moonlight. They had been priming all day for this night's action. They did not like sodbusters any more than Harlow Brewster did. Let's go, said Brewster, nudging his powerful buckskin forward. Before Brewster pulled up, the nester was out of the sod house, standing in front of the open doorway, a rifle cradled in his arms. Brewster was mildly surprised. When he had spoken to the nester earlier, he had seen no sign of firearms, and the fellow had not struck him as being a man very handy with weapons. As the nester watched him pull up now, Brewster saw the frightened way the man squared his shoulders. From the look of him, he was probably pissing his pants. Brewster pulled up within a few feet of the nester and leaned his high, square-shouldered frame forward over the pommel. "'You don't scare easy, is that it, Peterson?' Brewster said, chucking his hat back off his forehead and smiling coldly down at the nester. "'That's right, Brewster,' the man replied, his voice high, quavering. "'You can't turn me off like I was some stray dog. I bought this land and it's mine.' I know. You told me that before. But I told you what you can do with that deed now, didn't I? You can't run me off, the man repeated doggedly, his eyes moving unhappily from Brewster to the other hands now lined up alongside the cattleman. Yes, I can, Peterson. I have to. This land's no good for farming. It's only good for one thing, growing grass and running cattle. If you stay, you'll only starve. You know that better than I do. What's that supposed to mean? Why did you leave Oklahoma Territory? We had three dry years in a row. And you ended up eating your seed to stay alive, that about it? The Granger took a step toward Brewster. And then came the locusts. The sky was filled with them. They ate the leather off the harnesses. It was a plague. Well, Peterson... You're not going to ruin this grassland. You're not going to plow it up and leave it like them locusts. This is high, dry country. There is not enough rainfall for steady cropping here, any more than there was where you came from. But, but, there's water here, the man nodded eagerly toward the creek. Plenty of water. This creek is dry as often as it is wet. Listen to me, Granger. I know this country. But the railroad said the rain follows the plow. Brewster's laugh was a short, mirthless bark of derision. And you believe everything the railroads tell you, do you? The man's thin face hardened. I ain't gonna believe what you tell me, that's for sure. I told you not to build here, Peterson, Brewster said wearily. He was a man tired of trying to reason with this gullible fool. And now I just explained to you why you can't stay on my range. This ain't your range. My father took it from the Comanche, and he paid for it with his blood. Spilling yours to keep it won't be pleasant, but if you force me, I won't have any choice. The Granger's face paled. The softness of Brewster's tone, coupled with obvious weariness of the man, alerted the Granger to the fact that Brewster had a short fuse. The nester looked from Brewster's face to those of his riders. 
Each man stared back implacably at him without the faintest hint of compassion or understanding. For a desperate foolish moment, Brewster realized, the man considered bringing his rifle up and firing on them. Then the moment passed. Brewster's estimation of the man had been correct. He had no real stomach for gunplay. "'You're moving out tonight, Peterson,' Brewster told him. "'You and your family. Go on, back up in there and get your trunks filled up. Leave that rifle out here. Go on now. You know I mean it. Move out tonight? I warned you not to build here. But my men will help you load your wagons. We'll escort you to Dexter. We'll see you get there all right, and that you keep on going. Peterson hesitated for a moment. His backbone stiffened slightly, his shoulders inching back. Then he gave up, his shoulders sagging. He flung the rifle down.